Hello from LAX, where producer Ponyo and I are on the road. We just got patted down on our way to New York City, where we are going for a wedding. This week, we do a little bit of an expose and gossiping about Portland's bubbly water market, spearheaded by the price gouging of LaCroix. Then, we talk a little bit about expired food, and I give advice to someone who asks how to be a better vegan ally. My one regret is that I kind of went off the rails talking about my pet peeves, and I don't want you to think vegans are all as grouchy as I am. They are not. Then, special guest and resident witch Brandy Taylor joins me to talk about long-distance romance and the fantasy realm. Enjoy. Sagittarius matters. Sagittarius matters. What's the Sagittarian Matters, we crack the code on Portland's bubbly water scene. We also try expired food and give advice about long-distance romance with my special guests, Morgan and Brandy Taylor. Stay tuned. Morgan, welcome. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> Welcome back. What do you have today? Okay. Taste sensations known as moon bars. They're like a Portland local treat. We've got two flavors, chocolate and hemp honey. If you don't eat honey, don't eat the honey one, obviously. Oh, okay. A good tip. Like the allergy listings when they're like, if you're allergic to this, don't eat it. If you're a vegan and you don't eat honey, don't eat the honey flavor. Don't eat the honey flavor. Okay. So they're full of beans. It looks like sort of a brownie squished into a mm, Play-Doh mold. Mm. And the other one looks like dough squished into a play-doh mode with a brownie inside i know it's not a brownie but it looks as if i'm gonna be trying chocolate here i'm gonna uh eat honey it already crumbled in my hands it's great it's this so actually looks like a big soft hydrox that's so pretty i would wear that in my hair mm-hmm. it looks amazing mm. superfood full of beans is essentially what this is a brownie a brownie that is beans mm-hmm. and i'm eating this red bean one which I think is unusual and delicious. I mean, you got to be familiar with a sweet bean to like this. Mm-hmm. 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 And if you've never had a sweet bean, you might be a little surprised. Mm-hmm. They have a texture of beans, <laughs> you guys. Like a dry. Like a nice dry bean. Anyone that knows me knows that I love a dry food and I love a bean, so. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I secretly tried this one that has honey in it. Don't be angry at me. Um... And it tastes like when you are at the sushi or Japanese restaurant and you get the red bean bun. That's basically what these are modeled after, but they're made in a weird Portland dry superfood twist. <laughs> but Who doesn't love a dry food? It appears that the person is not appropriating. I really think this chocolate one's pretty good. The chocolate one's better. How Listeners much- might disagree with me, but... What's the price point? I don't remember. Some dollars. A few. Like five dollars. What? I think. Okay. I mean, they do look preciously handmade and, like, probably hand-packaged and labeled if I had to take a stab. Go ahead. I mean, I just think a lot of work goes into these, clearly. They're, like, smushed into a shape. I'm, I'm rambling a little. The point is, you may disagree with me, listeners. I give the chocolate one a thumbs up. I think they're unusual. I am giving this a thumbs up. 
I would love to know how much protein is in this. <laughs> oh, George's. I would not buy this for $5 because I don't really understand its purpose. Like, I wouldn't be like, mm, I want a dessert. Yeah. Give me these half-sweet chocolatey beans. Or, like, instead of having a giant bowl of, like, stir-fry, I'll just have this for dinner. Like, I'm yeah. fine. Not the case. I'm not sure what the purpose would be. It would be a great snack. It's, it's very crumbly. It does say snack. If this was $2, I would be in. Mm. I'd definitely be in. All right. Yeah. What beverage do you have for us today? I'm really excited about this. Okay, so for those of you who may know the bubbly water craze, there's a new bubbly water on the scene. This is original New York seltzer sparkling water. Grapefruit flavor. Um, I grew up with this soda. I didn't grow up with soda, but every like two years we would get a soda and it would be like one of these and I'd be like, this is incredible. I'm so excited. So now they took the sugar out and just made it water. <laughs> Even cooler. But can we talk about La Croix and what happened to them in Portland? Mm-hmm. Rumor has it. They arrived in Portland and then were giving a bunch of deals and then they stopped giving deals and are maybe like hard to work with. And so all these other bubbly waters are like, we want a piece of that. So you may see a couple of new bubbly waters. Apparently there's private Facebook groups about it. I don't know anything about this. There's bubbly water private Facebook groups because LaCroix or LaCroix. Up to you. Yeah. They came into Portland. They were offering deals to the stores. The stores were making walls of their product. I mean, like... So it was Instagrammable, and people were like, LaCroix, 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 on brand, on brand, on brand. And then they got too big for their you know what. You know what. And so now, Polar from the East mm-hmm. and New York Seltzer are like, we're getting in on that. Give me some... Give me a piece of that. And let me just tell you, Nicole and I have reviewed the can. It is Funky as heck. <laughs> it's real um, Art Deco kind of Art Nouveau. Swirly psychedelic. Yeah. All right. Let's crack it. Here you go. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> now we're tasting grapefruit flavor today. As Beth Pickens would say, this has a tight bubble. Mm, it has an incredibly tight bubble. And I'm going to tell you, I've had all the grapefruit flavors of all the other bubbly waters. This is so true to grapefruit. It's incredible. I'm never going back to the other ones. I mean, no more gummy worms, no more toilet cleaner flavor. This is Onatch. I want to tell you a little something about LaCroix. Mm. I was enjoying it until two things happened. One, well, three things. One, the price kept going up and up and up. And I was like... It's like $100 a six pack. I was used to buying um, Polar Seltzer when I was in Vermont. I would just get like a 12 pack for $3 and haul that to my studio. Um, I was drinking LaCroix. And I read a tweet from someone that said, Coconut LaCroix is for people who aren't brave enough to drink suntan lotion. <laughs> it tastes exactly like suntan lotion. That's why I like it. But, but that ruined it for me. I was like, this isn't a natural coconut. No. And then I had a date at the time who was a gourmand <laughs> who I was like, try the lemon lime or whatever flavor. And she was like, this tastes like cleaner. It tastes like Lysol. Really? And I was like, dang it. Because it does. This tastes exactly like a real grapefruit. I'm freaking out. How much is New York seltzer? Uh, I don't know. It was on sale. I think it was three fifty for a twelve pack, but that's the sale price. I don't remember. That's a great deal. It's an incredible deal. Uh, I'm gonna say New York Seltzer has a less aggressive bubble than the Croix. That's true. I do like the scratchy nature of a tiny bubble, like jam packed. But the bubble, it's it's got a smooth, it's got a smooth bubble. Yeah. Um, but honestly, just the flavor. They have other flavors. I didn't buy watermelon, but I'm really excited to try it now. This is so good. I'm into it. So good. Okay, so I'm going to say, mm. I'm going to rank New York Seltzer, number oh one, Polar Seltzer, number two, LaCroix, <gasps> number three. It's an upset. 
Oh my god! And also, Fred Meyer seltzer. What? Actually, number three, Lacroix number four. Ouch! Sorry, Lacroix. It's because of the price. I feel like they're yes, taking they're... advantage of my like hipster <laughs> affiliations by overcharging me for what I know is just water. You know, I do think their packaging is good, but this one's a funky se- <laughs> second in the packaging department. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay, so I give this a thumbs up, and I give Moonbar a sideways okay thumb. Yeah, I'm the same on Moonbar, and I give this. New York original seltzer water, two thumbs up. I don't. I have two thumbs, and I'm giving them both up. You can buy Moon Bars from MoonBarPDX.com. So nice. It says high protein and fiber, but I don't. Oh, it actually. Oh, it does. Doesn't tell me how much protein's in it. It just says it's high protein. Okay. And I think it's a woman-owned business who learned this tradition from her mom. Support women and moms. Why not? Women and moms. Yeah. Morgan. Hi, Nicole. We are tasting something that as soon as I saw it, I knew I needed to bring to you. This is the Miracle Noodle Kitchen ready-to-eat meal, Thai Tom Yum, shelf-stable, soup in a bag. (laughs) Quick, tasty, and delicious! It's ready in minutes. I just... Is there guilt involved? This is no guilt. (laughs) According to the package, it was developed by a doctor, Dr. Jonathan Karp who's the president and founder. I just can't wait. It looks so weird. There were two flavors. And I thought this would be good for your earthquake kit. I My earthquake kit, Morgan knows, is made up of Tasty Bites Indian packets. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say a shirataki noodle is a low-cal noodle, but it's also low everything. Like It's made <laughs> out of like a weird sea, sea item called konjac. Yeah. Or made out of tofu, and I like these noodles because I don't do I don't do fantastically with pasta, stomach wise. Someone did tell me that they call this like in Japan or wherever miracle noodle shirataki noodles come from. They're known as like the bottle brush of the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Um, but. Uh, Brushing experience? I have not ever advocated for them on the podcast because when I Google them, the only place I can see people advocating for them is on anorexia chat boards. Mm. And thus, I did not want to advocate for the Miracle Noodle here on Sagittarian Matters. But I do have to say, if you want to try them, they generally don't stand on their own. Generally, you would drown them in some coconut milk or you would heap them with vegetables and fat and protein. Not the case with this. Just a couple of, uh, like, bamboo... Bits. I'm like, that's it. So describe the scent and the color. Okay. I'm doing something. Honestly, it smells good. It smells like delicious Thai food. The color is less than delicious. <laughs> what transparencies? Like level of of translucent and transparentness, um, and oranges and some washed out yellows. <laughs> I'm being generous. Bamboo shoots to me smell like urine, so, mm. Oh, mm. so that's a hard one. <laughs> and uh, these wiggly noodles. They're so wiggly. They're just so wiggly. All right, Morgan, let's I'm see. I'm doing it right now. Mm. Wow, it is horrible. Whoa. Whoa. Toilet is a word I've used to describe food a lot tonight, and I'm not changing course on this. 100% toilet. Oh, oh my God. I'm so sorry. 
You're going to die in that earthquake of starvation. A, there's like no calories in it. So after the earthquake, when I'm dying and I reach for the Tom Yum packet, I'm like, it smells like toilet and it's only taking up oh my 140th of the space in my stomach. I can't get the vision of like those toilet bowl cleaners <laughs> things where they've got the little hooked nozzle that you turn upside down and spray under there. I feel like that's what's going on in my mouth right now. Don't eat more. <laughs> Stop it. What are you doing? <laughs> She's going in for a second. <laughs> She's gonna <laughs> die. You know who we're gonna to- <laughs> producer Panya's getting in on the tasting. She loves them. Oh, she can't get enough. She's not asking for more. Well, yeah, her tail did stop wagging. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that. Um, yeah. Okay, so I would say. Buy shirataki noodles or miracle noodles on their own. Cover them in fats and proteins and vegetables. If you have a sensitive stomach and you can't handle wheat and gluten-free pasta is too much like worms. I am just staring at the ingredients wondering where is the toilet flavor in this? (laughs) Nothing sounds weird. It's all normal sounding stuff. I don't know. Coconut milk, bamboo shoots, straw straw mushroom in a bag might be a mistake. With bamboo shoots. (laughs) Tom Yum paste, coconut sugar, shallot, lemongrass, galangal. That sounds incredible. Red chili, kaffir, lime leaves, coconut oil. Ugh. I think they should... I don't know. There's, there's nothing coconut milky about this at all. There's nothing. Wait, wait. Oh, yes. Okay, to cleanse our palates. We're, we've got a so we're both going to give us a strong thumbs down. Mm. Two thumbs down. If you served this to someone you liked, they would break up with you. Yeah. That's real. Don't don't ever serve this on a date, for you, sure. You wouldn't be able to finish it in front of them in a polite way. Also, don't eat it before you go on a date. You'll have to cancel. The bottle brush of the stomach. <laughs> so we're going to have some... Cinnamon rolls made by Annie's Homegrown. They're cinnamon rolls in a tube. They don't say vegan anywhere, which is scary to me because when I looked at the ingredients, they appeared to be vegan. Yeah, so we're just taking a risk on these. They, like, you know, come in the little canister that you, like, pop open and bake them, and they've got a weird little extra container with a pouch of glaze. And I'm going in. Mm-hmm. Mm. These are an emotional, emotionally corrective item. Yeah. I said they smell like Ikea, which is great, especially with the... Nothing to do with the toilet. <laughs> no, not the toilet. Well, maybe the combination. These were better the first day. Mm-hmm. You did microwave it. Mm. I could eat all five in a sitting. Yeah. I mean, that's me, mostly. But I think they're totally doable. Mm-hmm. I really have eaten way worse out of a can. What are your... To me, the keys in a cinnamon roll are... Well, one thing this has is some butteriness, but not like an actual butter, mm-hmm. like a delicious fake butter, like a fake yeah. croissant, like a like a toaster pastry, or like, like a, a sandwich, like a sandwich, like a what my home ec teacher called a refrigerator biscuit, <laughs> like a yeah, you know, like um, what are those croissants called? They're just called croissants. The They're little crescent rolls. Crescent rolls. <laughs> it has a crescent roll kind of like butteriness uh-huh. to the outside. Yeah, and. When it was fresh, I made this a couple days ago, the inside had the goo that I wanted. Mm-hmm. These are good. They're not as good as the ones from your bakery. Ah, thanks, man. R.I.P. But we take what we can get. It's resting in peace. But, you know, for something that is accidentally vegan, has no high fructose, corn syrup, and no hydrogenated oils that, like, literally took, I don't know, 10 minutes to bake, I would for sure eat these with much joy and friends and mm-hmm. coffee. So... Miracle noodle tom yum. Oh. Strong thumbs down. Oh my god. I'm eating the cinnamon roll as we speak. I get a thumbs up. Cinnamon roll, thumbs up. I hope it's vegan. <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah. Ponyo seems to like the cinnamon rolls too. Mm. Morgan. Nicole! 
What in the world do you have for me? We are tasting bonza chickpea pasta swirls. Rotini. It is jam-packed full of protein, which I know is your very favorite. I'm just How much? So much. One two-ounce serving needs 14 grams. One 3.5-ounce serving contains 25 grams. Just pasta. No, no, no stuff on it. Um, anyway, I've heard many rave reviews. They also make for the, the milk eaters of the world a, like, boxed macaroni and cheese now. Oh, my God. If there was, if Daya made their vegan mac and cheese in a box using bonza, I would be eating that. Flip your lid. So many circles with lines through them on the back. They are circle, line through it, gluten-free, soy-free. They are low glycemic index. They are non-GMO, and they are circle, no line through it, vegan, yes, confirmed. Do eat bonza. Uh, Hold on. Now we're going to taste it. Okay, so we're eating this real simple, just a little bit of olive oil, salt, pep, Garlic, of course, nutritional yeast, and then bonza. Here we go. First taste. It was better when it was hot. Yeah. I made Morgan pause and watch Empire. <laughs> you know, I would totally eat it. Mm-hmm. The stuff on it. Even if this was a pasta salad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with sauce and things, it would be delicious. Yeah. It doesn't have a funky flavor. No. Bonza is a winner. It's actually a believable, it's a believable Rotelli or Rotini. <laughs> believe in Bonza. Mama Rotelli. <laughs> Shut up. I believe in Bonza and I believe in this amount of protein. It's powered by chickpeas. Everyone knows I love chickpeas, so it's hard for me not to love a thing made of chickpeas. Hummus. I would have it with chickpeas. Dumplings. What? Oh, it also has pea protein. That's why it has so much protein. Oh, it's not the chickpeas alone. Oh, we got to go. go. Empire's on. Got to go. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Hello, Nicole. I know there are LGBTQ allies. My question is if there are vegan allies, because I think I am one. If it's a thing, or if it's really not a thing, what do you think and what would constitute a vegan ally? Thanks, Brian. Okay. Thanks for the question, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, a vegan ally. Well, I mean, there can be vegan allies. I don't think that we're like a marginalized group necessarily. Um, <laughs> You know, we're kind of more of a political group, so it would be like being like a, a Democrat ally or like a yeah. whatever, a union ally. We are like, I'm not in the union, but I support the union. I've got a sign in my window. There's another thing, too, about veganism, which is there are many reasons that people come to veganism. Some people, it's like health or allergies. Some people, it's political. You know, some people, it's animals. Some people, it's environment. So it's... A funny place to end up, so it kind of depends on... You can support that and support all of those things. And you can always just support more different kinds of options. I mean, variety is, you know, you guys, the spice of life. You may have heard this. But let's be specific. Being specific. Like, even think about how you be... Like, being, for me, being an ally to, like, people that are gluten-free means not otherizing them. So, like, a vegan person or a gluten-free person or whatever person, like, they're eating something different than what everyone else is eating. Don't make a big fucking deal about it. (laughs) And don't be codependent with them. The worst thing for me is when people that don't understand veganism try to get all co and are like, "Uh, I think you can eat these french fries on the menu. Like, just leave me be. I will find the thing I can eat on the menu. That's a good point. Don't be co with me. Don't try. You actually don't know how to take care of my food needs 
because you are not the vegan person. So let me do it. A good point. If you have a question, because you're actually cooking for me, ask the question. But when we go to a restaurant, don't like grab the waitress by the shirt and be like, hey, what can she eat on here? She's vegan. Everyone, she's vegan. She's weird. She's eating weird things. I don't really understand, right? It seems weird. What can she eat? And then like make a big production because like it's yeah. embarrassing sometimes. And it's like you just want to be like normal and fly under the radar and like I'll ask a question if I need to ask a question and whatever. Also, if a vegan is eating something, don't ask them if they can eat the thing that's in their fucking hand. <laughs> I learned this from Jana, who's in the band Yacht. He is a vegan. And we were on tour and he was like eating something. Someone's like, can you eat that? And he's like, don't ever ask a vegan if they can eat the thing that they're eating. <laughs> that happens all the time where I'll order something and a non-vegan's like, I don't know. Can you eat that? Is that vegan? Or like I'll order something like, I don't know if anything is here. I'm like, just let me do my thing. Just let me do my thing. I'm used to doing my thing. Been doing it for 20 years. Most vegans don't need a non-vegan mm-hmm. to help them in yeah. that way. I totally also, I like this and I think that this is great advice for most things and that you were like, don't mind my business for me. And if you have a question, ask a question. Don't jump to conclusion. It's a great way to do stuff. For holidays, I do think there is sort of a special holiday edition answer to this question, mm. which is... If you've got an idea about something you want to make, maybe text the person or call them and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about making. Does this sound good? Or you know, is there something I can do to tweak this other recipe I was going to make to make it more inviting? And if you're like, I don't care. It's totally fine. I've got 27 things I'm going to eat. I don't stress your thing and spend $20,000 on ingredients. Um, or you can be like, yeah, just leave this one thing out. And they're like, oh, duh, that's incredible. Thanks. Yeah. But holidays are a little bit of a different animal, but in daily life in general, and especially with veganism and other things. Yeah. Don't mind people's business for them. No, thank you. Well, also, like, on holidays, I don't necessarily need the replica of every meaty thing. You need a vegan turkey. You need a vegan hard-boiled egg. You need a vegan shank bone. Like, I I mean, honestly, like, I, on Thanksgiving, I like to have a tofurkey. But you know I what? Know. I know this about you. If, this pers- if the person hosting Thanksgiving mm-hmm. doesn't want to deal with that, I'll do it. Vegans are used to doing it for themselves, especially in meaty environments. Vegans doing it for themselves. But really, like, vegetables. Vegetables. Vegans like vegetables. You know how to make vegetables. It's that, And everyone can eat vegetables. Mm-hmm. Just make more of them. Yes. Yeah. Non-vegan people eat vegan food all the time. Oh, a good way to be a vegan ally. If, you go to, if you're not a vegan mm-hmm. and you go to a place and they've provided, like, four vegan pizza slices or something, don't eat them because you're... <laughs> Because you're trying to show that you're open-minded or it seems funky because then you're leaving less food for the people that that's all they can eat. Good call. Like people will be like, hey, hey, you're gluten-free. Hey, I'll try the gluten-free thing. But then that means there's less of it for the gluten-free person. So (laughs) just eat your fucking thing you're eating. Also, like people call Dr. Laura all the time and they're like, my kids want to have a vegetarian wedding. And she's like, well, they need to have meat because you're paying. You know what? They don't. don't. If you're a meat eater and you go to a thing and there's not meat one day, eat some meat at home. That's what I do. I eat vegan food at home and front load all the time because I know there's not going to be food for me. Fucking jam a salami in your mouth in the car and go and don't complain about it. It's true. You have pockets overflowing with moon bars and snacks and apples and (laughs) slices of vegetables. Well, because other people aren't responsible for me Mm -hmm. being nourished. Mm -hmm. And I think once I got over that idea as a vegan, I was like, oh. Oh. I can just front load. I don't have to get every nutritional need met at this one moment. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So. Cheers to that. So being a vegan ally, don't over, don't over function for them. M-Y-O-B. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. 
vegans don't necessarily love being asked about how they get their nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lots just of- for the sake of conversation. If you actually want to know because you want to like eat a little less whatever dairy meat, yeah, have that conversation. That's a good one. Be like, I'm looking for guidance. Yeah. Just, but yeah. just like to make conversation to be yeah. like, so how do you get your protein? Like just, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's younger vegans who are like, would love to tell you the reasons why they're vegan. But for me, if I'm in an environment full of like hostile Republicans and someone's like, so why are you vegan? Okay, uh, so I'll I, be like all the reasons. They're yeah. all good reasons. I'm not interested in people clocking my every move, including what I eat at any point. And yeah, people can hear my long answer. Also, I don't need to hear anyone say that they just couldn't be vegan because they would miss cheese too much. Like, of course, of course. I don't want to know why they're not vegan. Yeah, it's totally fine. It's their business. Yep. Yep. Also, if you fall off the vegan train, I don't want to be your confession booth, Mm. which happens sometimes when people are like, I ate a Twix bar. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) You're telling me that you cared about animals so much that you stopped doing this thing and then you ate a Twix bar? Like, what do you want me to do with that information? Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with me. It's stressful. Yeah. I don't want to know. You know, I I had a very weird late night rant to Nicole last night, but I'm going to quote myself on this. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. It was like 1230. I was like, you know, I just had a lot of thoughts about stuff. Okay, so I'm bringing it back to earth, but it does stand in this same thing, which was stand in your truth. If it really means a lot to you, do it. You don't need to like whatever, justify it or waver in it or prove it to anyone. Just do it because it means something to you, not because you're trying to prove something to someone else. And also, if it means something to you, then have the conversation about it. But just like stand in it, own it. You know what I mean? Like don't function way above your own head where you're like, I'm trying to make conversation. I'm trying to make conversation. Why? know one thing about you. You're vegan. Let's talk about it. Like just chill and actually talk about something that means something to you instead of really grasping, you know, and yeah, just, just come from your honest place you're good enough your honesty is good enough yeah it's it's just it's true your honest answer is good enough and if you have a question if you're like you know if you're like gosh i always thought i couldn't be vegan because of the cheese do you have any recommendations for me of things i can try yes that's a different conversation Mm -hmm. than you just blurting out like i could never do that thing because of this yeah like a vegan doesn't care yeah. Are you looking for absolution? Because no one has the power to give you that. No. I'm not going to like be able to turn into a lamb who's like, it's okay. Eat my body. <laughs> but yeah, if you have a specific question, you know, I want to go vegan, but I work out a lot. Is there a way that you get protein? Or do you have a favorite vegan cheese? Or do you, like, what do you do when you go to this restaurant? Like, mm-hmm. I have practical answers. Mm-hmm. I do have, this is a long answer to this question. But I was like, I don't know if I have a lot to say about it. Turns out I do. Um... A good way to be a vegan ally and an ally in general, especially to vegan businesses that open up, is just go spend your money there and go support them and know that they are working very hard, even if it doesn't look like they are. And buy a thing. And if you don't have the money to buy a thing, then spread the word. Tell other people about it. It's a really nice thing to do. And, um, you know, it's already kind of a niche market and it's a really hard thing to own a business. It takes a lot of work. So go and support them and support their mission. If it's something that cares that, that you care about and matters to you. Yeah. I like that. Like if you, even if you are not vegan, if you find out there's like a good vegan thing, just yeah, go get something there Yeah, and try out different milks. (laughs) Try out. I swear to God being in Portland, everyone I know who's not vegan still enjoys rice milk or soy milk sometimes or understands what those things are about. But leaving Portland, people are like, no. What now? <laughs> hazelnut? You got <laughs> hazelnut milk? Why? What? Yeah. Just, All the nuts got milks now. It's Ugh. fun. 
But yeah, all right. So this is good. So keep out of their business. And let, you know, if you have a specific practical question, that's great. Let them eat what they're going to eat. Ask if you can help accommodate them, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily do it for them without their consent. Yeah. And a, a lot of vegans are used to doing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So just trust. Just trust. Yeah, and go and support your local vegan businesses. Yeah, or donate to an animal thing. If yeah. every time you feel guilty and you want absolution for eating a Twix bar, donate to Farm Sanctuary. Yeah. Donate to Lighthouse Farm Sanctuary. Go buy something from a vegan grocery store. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's like a that's like those like uh, corporations offsetting their toxic emissions <laughs> by buying credits. Like that's you offsetting your thing. So if you're like, I just ate a hamburger. I broke down a hamburger. I feel guilty about it. Don't tell a vegan that. Yeah. But go donate to a place that rescues cows from the hamburger industry. Yeah, and there's so many good options. Try some of the other non-meat options. Just do it. You yeah. won't regret it. Or go let some cows free from Cowschwitz on the I-5. Yay! Right. Morgan. Oh, hey, Nicole. Welcome. Your face is looking good. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Yours looks pretty incredible, too. Thank you. I love your face. What did you try today? I tried a face mask by Perfectly Posh called Go West. Life is peaceful here. Give you this. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, it has a really weird texture, like slimy and slippery, like aloe vera insides. And then you put it on and it's got like five little exfoliant balls in it that really are scratchy when you're applying your face because there's no other ones to like hide the feeling of it. So I put it on. I looked very orange and sort of scraped raw. And then I rinsed it off and followed it with a recommended daily facial oil, which I was doubting. But I am going to tell you what, that mask did not smell good, but it made my face feel great. I'm not a fan of perfumey things. And it was like very, you know, I don't know, sample size was the smell. Mm. I used a sample of Perfectly posh. Envy this tightening and brightening face mask. You look incredibly tight and bright. Which includes green tea, neem flowers, and caffeine. Mm. And it worked so well for me that I realized maybe I just need caffeine in everything. <laughs> Externally, internally. Like I, yeah, maybe I need caffeinated lube. I don't know. I just. Oh my god. It was caffeinated lube for my face. So I did that. I can't remember what it smelled like. Now everything's covered in oil because we kept opening these little packets. <laughs> But after it, I used this... Okay, so this is a vegan company or or a quote-unquote cruelty-free company. Mm. These were sent to us by Jennifer Hansen, who is pinkfrog.po.sh. Thanks, Jennifer! Um, But we both tried the Dawn on Me Good Morning Sunshine Daytime Facial Oil, which is a cruelty-free facial oil. And it, it was great. It was great. I really doubted. I was like, I don't need any more oil to add to my face. I'm totally good. Thanks. But it was so good. And I was like, Nicole, I might be a rashy, itchy, totally like hot mess tomorrow. But we both loved it. And we're not, we did it a couple days ago. We're not rashy, itchy messes. And I've used like really weird, expensive-y things that people are like, this is incredible. You're going to feel like a million dollars. And some, there's something out there that makes my face feel like it is totally on fire like someone poured gasoline on my face and lit a match i had no fiery sensations with this i forgot to tell you that but i'll be like this million dollar lotion and i'm like ah yeah um it was great it was so mild and didn't make me feel greasy or weird or break out or anything at all it very soft lime ginger and other essential oils lime oil who would there's coffee arabica in you it you love coffee you should see your face right now <laughs> i'm sticking out my tongue um yeah. it's paraben sulfate 
phthalate and dye free. Maybe those are the things that make my face feel fiery. Maybe. Okay, so you can get these from contacting pinkfrog.po.sh. I bet she will even send you some samples. So nice. Of her perfectly posh, cruelty free beauty products. And as you know, vegan and vegan adjacent women on the go. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> we we need we need things like this. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I totally am gonna consider a facial oil from here on out. Perfectly posh. Dawn on me. Good morning, sunshine, daytime. That facial was the oil. winner of the bunch. hundred percent. That was the winner of the bunch. And the mask I tried is called Envy This. The mask I tried was Go West. I might try, try Envy This instead next time. Yeah. You yeah. want you want that? T- I felt tighter and brighter. I'm not kidding. <laughs> really? I felt pretty Western, but I'm already that way. <laughs> I felt tight and bright. All right. So go get this stuff. Uh, thanks, Morgan. Thank you. Not to be a Seinfeld, but have you ever noticed that I never try to sell you Blue Apron on the podcast? Or that we do not disparage and bemoan trips to the post office in favor of stamps.com? Well, it is because we have no advertisers. Zero. Producer Chris producer Ponyo and myself do this out of the goodness of our hearts because we like it. If you would like to tip producer Chris Sutton, who dedicates hours to this series every week, please, 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 please send your tip of $5, $10, who knows how much, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That is hornet, like the insect, leg, like one of his appendages, at gmail.com. If you do this, we will read your name on the podcast. Isn't that exciting? We may have advertisers someday, and we'll rant and rave about free sex toys and mattresses and Blue Apron and whatever. But in the meantime, thank you. We appreciate your support, and I look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too. That was Ponyo's voice. Don't be scared. Bye. you this week to Shoshana Wechter. Thank you for being in Ponyo's inner circle. Seeking advice. I am in love with someone who lives 1,400 miles away. We are both in other long-term relationships. We have been flirting and writing letters to each other for two years. What can I do besides flirt and patiently wait to see if it turns into anything more? I told them how I feel through a letter, but I know they've known all along, and I know they have feelings for me as well. Is this a completely ridiculous fantasy to be long-distance dates? What can I do besides flirt and patiently wait? Oh, it's your favorite concept, polyamory. (laughs) (laughs) Finally! Finally! We're talking about polyamorous relationships again. But is it polyamorous? Because it seems like they're just cheating. They're having an intrigue. Yeah, it doesn't actually say if they're in a Minogs uh, LTR. It just says they've been in both in long in long term relationships. So it could be cheating. I think in any case, I mean, I don't really mean to be the bearer of bad news, uh, caller, but it seems like two years of flirting and. Uh, you said yourself in a different sentence, ridiculous fantasy seems like it's still in the fantasy world. And if you want to make something happen with this person, you'd have to maybe like switch it from fantasy into uh, a reality, which would probably mean you being around that person. But 
it's unclear if you want to leave your current relationship or if this is a cheat or if it's just polyamorous. We have no idea. No, like if you both kept an actual real life in-person relationship and then just had this as a little fling that you go vacation and do every couple months, that would be one thing. But the idea of you trading in your long-term relationship with a human being for this like idea of somebody seems a little rough. True. And it seems like they haven't actually hung out. It's just been flirting and writing letters for two years. So honestly, it kind of seems like you're like extending like that dopamine fall in love, like fantasy, like where you're just like, you know, like your whole body is like alive with the other person. It's like the that great elation of falling in love. But it's such a illusion. There's no reality in that case because you're not actually really around each other and it probably actually enables you to be in your current relationship because you're just like getting some needs met that are like you know some serious serotonin uptake from this situation but if you want something real seems like someone's gonna make a move checkmate checkmate a long distance thing i just yeah i feel like so much of it can be built on a fantasy can we build on the idea of somebody when I'm dating someone in person and then they leave, they leave town for whatever reason. I feel like it only takes 10 days for them to become an abstraction. That's my, mm-hmm. my scientific method after touring and dating people who've toured is after 10 days, they're officially an abstraction. They're like an app, like a long distance date is like an app I have. That's like a serotonin app that yeah. just like every once in a while sends a thing. That's like, love you, miss you, love you, miss you. But it's not the same as actually being around them and seeing their bad habits. And can you love them through their bad habits? Seeing how they tip, seeing how they drive. I don't know. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like you want more. Like if you were happy just flirting and writing letters and getting your, you know, yayas out with this person, great. But if you, sounds like you want more from this connection. And I don't know if your current relationship really is supportive of that or not. Or what you can really do besides either take a risk and try it out or realize that you're living in this um, sort of altered state and either choose to take yourself out of that or just also choose to keep engaging, knowing that this is as far as it's going to go. Yeah, I would have like I would be like I actually like (laughs) been in plenty of long distance relationships, but I have to have a goal like we're going to be together and you know, May or something like I have to know like when I'm going to see that person or else it feels it is too um, like it feels like I'm just imagining it or something. I need like reality, but I am touch is my love language. So this would not work for me. I would say this person's love language is um, words of affirmation. <laughs> the thing, the thing I don't like about long distance is that it takes you out of your regular life. You're not able to be present in your normal life because you're anticipating something. Like you're always anticipating either that you're going to see them soon or you are seeing them and you're anticipating that you're going to leave or they're going to leave. And so instead of being present and being able to just appreciate the full moment and the people around you, you're wishing for one extra element that's not there. Mm, yeah. I mean, I actually kind of like the leaving and coming home parts for a while. Like for a while, it's kind of fun. You're like, oh my God, I really missed you. Like you get to come home and it's like, 
you know, you get to like lay in bed and have sex for days and, you know, reconnect. And then all those things can be really fun. But after two years, oh, no, no, that's just too, that's too long for me. I wouldn't be able to do it like, like that. No, I'd be like, this is my sexy pen pal. Yeah. All right. So our advice is pull the trigger one way or the other. And also, you didn't say if they told you they love you back. That's valuable Also, you didn't, you didn't tell us if you're cheating or not. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of holes in this question. There's a lot of holes in this question. Good luck. Good luck, person. Good luck. I also think, too, she kind of did answer her own question. Is this a completely ridiculous fantasy to be long distance? Probably yes. 1,400 miles and, like, yeah, no one's moving? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this person hasn't even said, I love you back and I want to move to be where you are or meet you in the middle in Ohio or something? Yeah. Yeah. Life is short. Life is short. Take a fucking risk. If that's what you want to do and you have, like, this, you know, if you are have faith in this, go for it. You have two Sagittarians here. Take a little, take a little a leap of faith. Take a little leap or cut it off because I have some Capricorn too. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.